Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Our weekly visit with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern's Central DuPage Hospital. Good morning to you, my friend. Good morning, Dean. Don't you just love this fall weather? It is crisp. It's invigorating. <laughs> it feels good. I love it. Uh, let's start. Let's start off with just a quick update on the uh, COVID uh, booster, the vaccine that uh, I guess it could get approval any day now, right? Exactly. We expect approval probably on Tuesday. Um, production has already been pretty much completed, so it'll ship immediately afterwards. So. If it gets approved by Tuesday, you'll start seeing shots in the arm probably by the end of the week uh, this week. So um, we do not expect any hiccups. They're just waiting for a little bit more of a couple pieces of information. But it certainly appears like it's not only going to be effective, um, but will be available very soon. And this is uh, something that everybody should take depending on when you got your last booster shot, right? Absolutely. You know, we're seeing COVID cases rise. And again, I'm not going to be an alarmist. We're not seeing hospital. We're seeing hospitalizations increase, but we're not seeing it to the point we saw in the past. But this is going to be very similar to influenza. So certainly I strongly recommend it because, you know, with influenza, you feel terrible for 10 days, fever, body aches, fat, COVID. You're going to have somewhat similar symptoms, but we also run that risk of long COVID, which we don't see a long influenza. So certainly I would say to people, get the opportunity to uh, get vaccinated, protect yourself, and let's try to at least limit these, limit the spread of uh, both influenza and COVID this fall. Yeah. Now, with uh, COVID being much less severe than it was uh, then in the beginning, are people still losing their taste and smell? Are people still having some of the other effects that came along with COVID, or is that also subsided? Well, it hasn't totally subsided, but it's certainly much more rare than we saw initially. If you remember when the COVID first came out, someone said I lost my taste of smell. We we're like, all right, you have COVID. Certainly we're seeing some of those cases, but extremely rare right now. And mainly because we have great immune system already. Many of us have either had COVID or had um, vaccines for it. So it hasn't had the opportunity to continue to multiply and cause damage in that olfactory nerve when in the past we had no immunity, no natural immunity, no vaccine immunity. So the virus just kind of ran rampant. And that's what caused that loss of taste and smell was that inflammation and damage to that olfactory nerve. Now with some protection, we're seeing much less of that occurring. Yeah, just a little bit of a follow-up on that particular question. Dave, you're on WGN with Dr. Kevin Most. Thanks for taking the call. Um, Dr. Most, my wife and I recently contracted COVID for the first time, and we've been really careful, and we're vaxxed and boosted, and I've lost my sense of taste and smell. Do you have any tips on how to recover that? Dave, I wish I had the golden ticket for you because, boy, I could be sitting in the Bahamas right now. But unfortunately, we know so little about nerve damage, especially with this uh, virus and what damage it does to the olfactory nerve. Now, a lot of people are only going to have that for a short period of time and it has gotten back to normal. Some people have it where it's going to be more chronic and you're going to start to get it back slowly. But we can't repair nerves with a medication. So we have to hope that the inflammation drops down and that that olfactory nerve, again, starts to regenerate. So 
Uh, my thoughts are with you, but I wish I had to say, hey, take X, Y, Z, and you'll be better by tomorrow. But uh, unfortunately, we don't have that yet. About how long does it last? Well, it varies in person to person, and it often was based on how bad the infection was. People who got a bad infection, they have more damage was done to that nerve. People now who have mild infection, and to Dave's point, someone who's been fully vaccinated has a great immune system. So I'm hoping that he'll bounce back here shortly within a month or so where those symptoms are gone or at least resolving. All right. I wanted to uh, just move on to the story that came out this week about Bruce Springsteen, who uh, canceled his concert tour for the month of September because of peptic ulcers. How common is it? What is it exactly? Talk to us a little about peptic ulcers. Yeah, Dean, you know, we're, the, the body's just amazing. And when you look at our stomach, if I told you that one of the strongest acids that we know sits in our stomach all day long, you'd be like, you're crazy. But it's true. The pH of our stomach gets down anywhere from one to three, with the uh, acid being anywhere from zero to seven. So certainly we have this acid in our stomach. But the lining of our stomach, as well as making some chemicals that neutralize those acids, protect the lining of the stomach. Now, some people will get an infection called H. pylori, which is a bacterial infection, which causes damage. And then you end up with an ulcer, where it is the acid is essentially eaten away that protective lining of the stomach. Then we have pain. So you people might have some individuals may have pain in their stomach, which could be a sign of an early ulcer. When it got to this point, I would say one of two things, either has an infection so bad that he needs pretty aggressive treatment or that it got to a point where it actually eroded into a blood vessel and he lost some blood. I don't know, but those are the two extremes there. Once it's been identified, a lot of these are very easily treated. But if you have discomfort in the stomach, a burning sensation, please get into the doctor. There's simple tests they can do, and the treatment for it will protect you from other long-term issues and bigger issues. And uh, are are there things that uh, you can do if you think that you may have them to ease the pain, to try to uh, speed up the healing, foods you can eat? Uh, I know people, you know, pop Tums and other antacids like crazy when they start to feel some uh, uh, stomach uh, issues. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you kind of picked on it right there. You know, Tums are one thing that we take, right? It's a it's a, a bicarbonate. It, it'll neutralize the acid and kind of take away the discomfort right away. Individuals who have this for a long time, if you remember going back a long time ago, medications like Prilosec and Prevacid, and those, those were medications you had to have a prescription for an hour over the counter because we know they're so safe and we don't want people to wait to get in to see a doctor if they have these symptoms. So some of those medications will decrease the amount of acid that's produced or block the production of them, and some will also neutralize the acid. But certainly, if you're having discomfort there, um, at least get in to talk to your doctor. As far as foods, you know, certainly staying away from fried foods, which cause increased production of acid because the body says, I need more acid to break this food down, uh, will certainly be one. Stay away from those foods and really go back to as bland as foods you possibly can. Yeah, and and beverage uh, as well, right? Even uh, carbonated beverages can exacerbate the problem. Absolutely. Carbonated beverages are very acidic as well. So you put acid on top of an acid, that's not going to be good. Um, And certainly we're going to look at the alcohol, which causes inflammation of the lining of the stomach already. So now that just makes it more prime for the acid to do damage 
on a part of your body that's inflamed when it doesn't need to be. So tobacco and alcohol we know causes inflammation in the stomach. Couple that with acid production, any stress, and boy, you're just setting yourself up for an ulcer. Yeah, coffee, uh, caffeinated, yep. uh, teas, all that sort of exactly. thing. Find, yep, your, find exactly. yourself some Sanka. Find yourself some nice Sanka. <laughs> do they even still make that Sanka? I don't, I don't know if they do. Uh, fall allergy season uh, is here. Uh, what should people be doing? Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting as we're looking at this and we're saying, oh, boy, the temperature changed today. You know, it's been cool the last couple of days. And we have to remember that when those things happen, all of a sudden we go, oh, wait a second, it's fall. And ragweed season has certainly kicked in. It kicked in a couple weeks ago, actually. I mean, last uh, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, we had a pollen count of 10.4. Now, that's on a 0 to 12 scale. So we know that ragweed is really out there right now. So individuals who are looking at it going, is it COVID? Is it allergies? You know, look for other signs and symptoms, you know, fever, body aches with COVID, certainly not with allergies. But know that there's medications out there that can help that. So certainly getting on the, you know, the Zyrtec or the Allegra for those of you who have fall allergies, I would say take it now. Uh, It's probably only going to get worse over the next couple of weeks. And we're already seeing very high counts. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Always a pleasure, and I appreciate you joining us. Enjoy this beautiful day. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon.